Hello and welcome to the Foreign Influence Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Nikolai. And we, it is just the two of us today. We don't have a guest Yay. along. <laughs> the reins are off. <laughs> we could just go crazy. <laughs> say all the figs. Yes. Everything that we've wanted to say over the last oh couple of episodes. God, it's been brewing. We can just hardly keep it in. <laughs> What are we talking well, about? Well, anyway, something we like that. About? Well, interestingly, uh, what I think I would like to start off with is just maybe 20 minutes ago, I rolled off of watching the Democratic debate, the U.S. Democratic Party debate. Huh. There were, yeah, <laughs> I can see your interest is, <laughs> is peaking here. American Nikolai. politics. Wow. And the Democrats on top of that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How it's was like, that? Was it interesting? Did it didn't inspire confidence, Bill? <laughs> That's exactly what I would call it, inspiring confidence. Um, no, I'm not going to hide it. My uh, my leanings are toward left and uh, oh. not necessarily the Democratic Party, but Communist. certainly toward the left. Communism. Communism. Absolutely. That's why I'm a big fan of China. We, we'll talk about we'll, yeah, that later. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, so, you know, these are the contenders that presumably are going to try to be competitive with Donald Trump. Uh, talked a lot about different policies. Uh, but the big thing that stood out to me, this is my quick right after the debate, two cents evaluation is the supposed front runner of Joe Biden is mm. not ready for prime time. Well, he's definitely not a robot. That's for sure. Well, no, but uh, I think we'd be better off. Or poorly maintained one. Um, you know, he gets into these answers to his questions. And uh, he he flags. He yeah. flags. He How starts going it? down. It's really pretty yeah. bad. Uh, just every time that they went to him with a question, he would go off in a direction and get caught up yeah. and stop and hesitate and then go off in a slightly different direction that was a little bit related, swing back around, and then just kind of end abruptly. It was a little bit related. Let me ask you this. Yeah. If he were a relative, would you be concerned? Uh, yes. Hmm. Yeah. And of course, there's no way around the fact that he's older, right? He is 78, so he oh, is he's the... only 78. <laughs> yes, and running for leader of the free world. What could possibly go wrong? Right. So now, of course, Donald Trump, I think, is only three years younger, something like that. And the other leading contenders, yeah, in the Democratic well, so. Party, are up there as well. Uh, but uh, a lot of actually has been said and written about how his performances when he's live have been particularly rough. And of course, here we are with another Democratic debate, and I would characterize his performance as rough, and he's going to go up against Donald Trump, and I really worry he's going to get eaten alive. I mean, and I don't, I don't usually compliment the French president, but he's half his age. <laughs> Is he really? Macron? Yeah, he's my age, like 40. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Of course, he's the youngest, right? But still. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the front runner. All right. All well, the front runners are older. So what's going to happen, man? Who are you going to vote for? Is anyone? Is there going to be anyone? Is there any good candidates? Uh, yeah. So who's standing out right now for me? So Warren, I like her on a policy point of view. Yeah. Uh, Sanders is still my favorite from a policy point of view. But I have to admit, he's aging. And you know he had a heart attack. Is he out of the hospital already? Or? Yeah, he is. Yeah. So he, right. he took some time off and he made it back for this. So Warren would be the natural follow-up from a policy perspective, um, but she's 70, right? And does she yeah. have, I have worried for a long time whether she has the charisma that I think a elected national politician needs to carry through, but uh, she's starting to warm up to me. But even there was even a question during the debate about of electability, right? Who can beat Trump? And 
it, it is not this, uh, clear. What about this Andrew Yang fellow? Is that his name? Right. So, um, you know, he's an interesting add-on to this whole thing because he's got his... An add-on, the, eh? Huh. He, well, he's polling at like 1%, yeah. right? Or uh, some minuscule number. There were 12 people I'm up on the stage. They They allowed it where they cut out almost half of the candidates, but it still left 12 people up there. So low polling people were there. He's one of them. Uh, his big thing is the universal basic income. If you don't know what this is, you just give people a check each month, free money. Uh, and it's designed, in his telling, to offset the effects of disruption from technology and deep technologies. And actually, we're going to talk a little bit about an event that we were both part of. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in this episode. Uh but, you know, the universal basic income, money for doing nothing, of course, that's going to be very difficult to get through. But he's, he's fun to have up there promoting two visions. They, they were in Ohio, okay? They were in Ohio. That's, that's my home state. That's where I'm from. And uh, the Rust Belt. That's okay. We've gotten, I know, I know, the Rust Belt, we've gotten destroyed. And there's kind of two leading theories, right? Was it trade or was it technological disruption? And he's the technological disruption guy. And he says, this is the workaround. So it's at least hmm. fun to have oh, it's fun to get a new insight. Right. To have these things debated. We could open a whole can of worms on universal basic income here, but let's, let's move yeah, on. Yeah, maybe we'll touch on that yeah. later. So anyway, that was the Democratic debate. Um, of course, that election is more than a year away. So there'll be plenty of time to hey, talk there, about yeah, that. Yeah, plenty of time. Yeah. Uh, but something that's more immediate that's uh, still happening over here on our side of the world, we are, of course, in sunny Singapore. Hong Kong is about a four-hour flight away mm -hmm. from here. Uh, we've talked about it several times on the show already. Uh, and, of course, the protests continue uh, with Hong Kong. Yeah. Oddly enough, it hasn't been slowing down. No. And expanding a little bit. It used to be yeah. contained to the weekends and is now spilling over into weekdays sometimes. Uh, uh, that's not French at all. But uh, the, the fun angle, <laughs> does it ever stop? Do the strikes ever stop the Chinese in work ethic. <laughs> no, we only strike on weekends, yeah, mostly. Yeah. And days that end in a Y? <laughs> <laughs> what no, color are your vests over there again? No, between noon and 2 p.m. We're going to strike every day. <laughs> yeah, right. And then from 4 till the rest of the day. Yeah. Right. Um, but the thing that has stood out, the kind of news, is how much trouble the National Basketball Association oh, gosh. has gotten yeah. into. Uh, so the general manager of the Houston Rockets, which is a very popular uh, team in China because, uh, oh, God, Yao Ming, uh, mm -hmm. the player, uh, was uh, that's where he played in the NBA, popularized basketball in China. The general manager of that team... Uh, tweeted out support for the Hong Kong protesters, and then all hell broke loose. Yeah, you want to want to say good things about freedom and democracy. And that's what he did. If it stands in the way of business. Right. Right? You, you have to be true to your values, Bill, as a company. <laughs> yes. Profit and free cash flow for the stakeholders, Bill. Right. That's what this country is all about. And we're not for that whole democracy thing. No. No no, 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 no. And we're certainly not going to stand up for it on the national stage. Absolutely not. That would be not under this president. Are you crazy? Well, right, right, right. Yeah, what has he said about it? I'd have to go back and nothing. flip through his tweets. I'd have to double check on that. But the NBA, they, they, they apologized, right? Uh, LeBron James, the biggest basketball star in modern basketball, came out and said this was a dumb thing to do. 
so the NBA has really gotten into hot water. How can you apologize as a company for, I mean, it's just unbelievably sad. Yeah. I understand selling out to markets, right? I get it. Do you? No, sell, it depends on what you say, right? Okay. It depends on what you do. Selling out to markets in the sense that, okay, I'm going to adjust my sensibilities in order to sell my product on a certain market. Ah, okay. But if you say something that is in line with the founding principles of your country that has made you rich, then maybe you should stand by that. Yes. And I think that is what we are running up against here. For 40 years, we've been told that economic engagement with China would is the same thing as standing up for those values. And now it's been laid bare that, nope, that's not true at all. So the story was that by dealing with China, training with China, right, somehow these ideals of freedom and democracy would sip into China, right? Mm -hmm. And it's pretty much the other way around? Or? Yeah, and yeah. they're using their economic muscle hmm. that the West helped by investing heavily over these last few decades to push back and crush a tweet by a general manager of a basketball team. Oh, and more than that, they NBA games, they were throwing Americans who were holding pro Hong Kong democracy signs up silently in basketball audiences at games, ushering them out in America. That's just crazy, man. A total and complete capitulation. Yeah, capitulation 100%. To the preferences yeah. of, a, of an authoritarian government. Yeah, a foreign authoritarian government, right? To make a few bucks. Yeah, well, probably a whole lot of bucks. Well, <laughs> if it was a few bucks. I mean, they're not giant. I mean, they're giant prostitutes. So there's something really <laughs> on the line. <laughs> it's not a cheap trick that they're going for. No, here. no, no. They're really filthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a complete capitulation. Uh and this is worth standing for. Yeah, it is. I mean, you don't have to agree, right? Right. But you don't apologize for speaking up in favor of freedom and democracy as an American company. That's right. just sad. That's just so sad. Well, we're at, uh, I feel like we're in a cultural inflection moment. Well, the rich have fully taken hold of your country. <laughs> Yes, been and, true for a long time. But, but it's more yeah. obviously true these days, I find. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's yeah. just more obviously true. Yeah. But Congress, they passed something, what is it, I even had to write it down, the Human Rights and Democracy Act. Oh, that's cute. Which could impose some sanctions and change the trade status of Hong Kong. Uh, it has passed the U.S. House, the Senate will take it up, might pass there. Yeah. Then it's on Trump to sign for it, to sign the bill or not. Uh -huh. um, so maybe our government will still take a stand, but these companies are in deep. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's the thing, right? Yeah. Who really runs the country in the, at the end of the day? Right. That's, that's a tricky thing in the U.S., I find. Yeah. Well, it's the plutocrats. Yeah. 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 I mean, so. the, the rich do run the show. We have a legalized form of bribery through campaign contributions and through our lobbying system. Um, yeah. It's just the way and then it you is. take the votes of the people and you go, huh, that's interesting. Let us vote that you're in your place and maybe slightly alter those votes in order to. Well, that's a con ah, come on. That's 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 the Russians that are doing that. Oh yeah, Russians. Sorry, Russians. Right. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, they were invited apparently, right? So maybe yeah. for a future episode, we should uh, read up on Piketty. You know, Thomas Piketty wrote oh, a new yeah, book yeah. on wealth redistribution and talk. 
and talk uh, equality and all this. We stuff. should, yeah. We can yeah, have an episode focusing on income equality. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we'll find a, a guest to 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 maybe we'll get him. You've got French connections. I'll check it out. Yeah. So, so shouldn't you see if you can get him on? He might be busy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not interested in these excuses. I'll look into it. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, speaking of the French Connection, uh, yeah. we are uh, part of, uh, the, well, we are the producing we team are. behind yeah. the French Tech Podcast. Uh, it's kind of growing into a video cast as well. Sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, the French Tech Podcast, which Nikolai is the host of, uh, obviously looks into tech and tech issues. And uh, we hosted a fireside chat yes. uh, a week ago? No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, about a week ago. Yeah, yeah, we hosted it here in Singapore at a uh, co-working place, WeWork. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. focused on uh, the potential disruption from AI yeah. in the workplace uh, and what this means for students and for people currently working. And uh, just wanted to get your, your take on things. Because, you know, we look at this the, these political trends a lot. But meanwhile, there's this whole deep tech revolution occurring. Well, and those things go hand in hand, right, in many ways. So the disruption that is underway and that will become more and more obvious in the decade to come will disrupt politics and will disrupt the ways that we organize our lives, uh, the way we think about work, the way we define ourselves. So this was an interesting discussion with a, a mutual friend of ours, Bernard Goldstein, mm -hmm. who wrote a book uh, called Duality on how to best prepare ourselves and our children for the disruption that's coming because of artificial intelligence. And it was a very, uh, yeah, very, uh, very great chat, very interesting discussion uh, with another friend of ours, Ling Ling, who's a, who's a specialist in uh, lifelong learning. Um, Ling Ling Tai. Ling Ling Tai, yes. Mm -hmm. Check out her podcast, Leaders of Learning. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, yeah, so it was great, man. A lot of great insights about uh, how we're going to redefine work and how... Um, how we should redefine the way we educate our children to deal with all of these disruptions. Because if you think about it, right, we're training our kids in a sort of an industrial way, like inspired by the industrial revolution, then we're giving them skills and making them do things that might not be useful, like even five years from now. Right, so, right. Yeah. Skills and knowledge. Uh, I would yeah. say a theme that came out of uh, that event was uh, – that really, and this is maybe Bernard's thing primarily, that it's really about teaching these critical reasoning skills and teaching the skill of how to learn, learning how to learn, because any set of skills that you learn now are going to be out of date, what, three, four, five, certainly 10 years down the road. So giving people, I hesitate to call them soft skills, what, people skills, give people people skills, give them thinking skills, and then they will be prepared to work well with AI and constantly learn and develop throughout their careers. It's funny, right? Because if you think about it, it's, it's so obvious. It, it, well, yeah, I, mean, I suppose. I mean, road learning is just obviously useless. I mean, it's always been... Well, it was less useless when information was hard to come by. Yeah. But if you have the world's knowledge in your pocket, then obviously road learning is just a complete waste of your time, right? But you know, it's... <sighs> So I'm going to push back on that because I think a certain amount of rote learning and like history is the example, I, you know, history, learning history is boring. Why do I need all these dates? Because certain numbers of dates provide a framework in your brain. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And then the framework, you can always plug more facts in. Yes. But if you don't even have like this framework of knowledge of history or civics or... 
I don't know, grammar, I suppose, or anything like this. How do you even know what you don't know well enough to search for it and use the AI tools to get it? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think we're not there yet, right? Mm -hmm. We're not. We have. We haven't. A re, we haven't yet reached a point of technological advancement where we don't need any knowledge because we can just always look things up. Right? There's no instantaneously generated context and factoids as you go about your way in the world. Right? Yeah. Not yeah. like you're looking around and getting all the facts of whatever it is that you're looking at. Um, and even if it were, it's still probably still useful to have a framework, right? Because batteries run out and electricity goes <laughs> down. <laughs> Indeed. Right. Right. And you so, just sit there like a lump yeah, while, uh, while your phone charges. Uh, uh, right. Yeah. Well, and basic math skills. Basic right? math skills. But this is, in, in a sense, and, and we discussed this earlier, so this is, in a sense, a little bit elitist, right? Yes. Um, I would say that, was, that would be my other big thing is yeah. this is certainly not going to be available to everybody in every context. No, if you have massive amounts of privilege and access to higher education and very good forms of higher education, then sure, this right. makes sense. Yeah. Right, right. Focus a little bit less on road learning and more on soft skills. Right, right. Makes sense, yeah. And I think, to be honest, I think most schools are doing that. Yes. Right? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And certainly I know that uh, my kid's school uh, is very much into Hmm. developing these critical reasoning skills and the kinds of things that he was describing, at least I think as I understood it, right, uh, from from that evening. But very but, uh, interesting. And, and one of the first in a long series, uh, hopefully, of Fireside Chats. Yeah. So the idea is that we, uh, that we invite uh, thought leaders and we discuss things that, you know, the technological disruptions and advancements that are forcing us to reorganize our society and rethink the way we live our, li live our lives. Um, so yeah, yeah, loads of fun. Yeah, so that's our uh, shameless self-promotion part oh. of uh, of this particular episode of Foreign Influence. I felt podcast. some shame. Did you? Yeah. Uh, are you sure? A little bit. Well, well good, because that the people cared about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to keep this one short this week, uh, and uh, we'll be looking to stay on a regular production schedule here. But uh, as we do, we we talk about many dark trends and things, you know, AI disrupting work, and we talk about, you know, oh. the rise of authoritarian governments and not being able to compete effectively with Donald Trump. So at the end of this, we always try to turn our attention. We provide some happy music at the end. Oh, I like it. And we like to talk about some positive things that are going on in the world. So I'm just reading this from the Good News Network on Twitter. Apparently, bisons are finally roaming the prairie lands again for the first time in 150 years. Bill. Oh, we're finishing with U.S. news. That's we something started to look with it, and we're coming back to it. Nice. Apparently, apparently, researchers are using fire blankets to protect buildings from wildfires now. More U.S.-related news, I guess. Okay. We could save homes in the future. Yeah. Uh, let's see. It says national. Oh, there's a great piece on an anonymous postal worker sending a girl a sweet package after she addressed a letter to God about her dog in heaven. <laughs> say it. You want to say it? This is for Scott. Say it. Thank you, baby Jesus. There it is. So, Scott, you got what you wanted. That is the old tagline from our old version of this podcast. <laughs> we don't mean to dwell. So, all right. One last piece of positive news. What's the last thing you got there? Uh, something about squirrels. Uh, wholesome, uh, just amazing wholesome picture of a squirrel playing chess. Oh, let me see. Look at that. Oh, Isn't that amazing? Squirrels can play chess now. Die. I was worried about the AI. 
<laughs> and that damn squirrels. squirrels are now playing chess. Like <laughs> <laughs> giant cheeks, they're going to take over the world. Let's get out of here, man. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Talk soon. Bye.